My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. work permit. This work puts workers in a situation of vulnerability. Also, because they have temporary immigration status, this is the primary reason why migrant workers are in a situation of vulnerability. So on paper, migrant workers have the same rights as Nova Scotians, as Canadians. But in practice, we see that that's not actually the case. That's the voice of Stacey Gomez. She's today's guest on Talking Radical Radio. This show brings you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are involved in many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening can strengthen all of our efforts to change the world. Stacey Gomez grew up in a family with a strong history of political organizing, and has been active for most of her adult life in a wide range of movements. She currently lives in Halifax, also known as Djibouktuk, in Nova Scotia, within Mi'kma'ki. These days, she is active primarily in migrant justice organizing as part of the grassroots group No One Is Illegal Halifax Djibouktuk. No One Is Illegal first existed in Halifax many years ago. As happens sometimes with grassroots groups, it went dormant for a while, and then a few years ago, Gomez and a friend decided to revive it, initially with a march calling for racial and migrant justice. After that, the group's work focused for a while on undocumented people in the Halifax context. It involved lots of public education and advocacy around specific issues like undocumented people's exclusion from access to the public health care system. But in discussion among members of the group and people in the community, they decided to shift their focus to better position themselves to engage in direct, practical solidarity and organizing. That is, they started to focus on working with the many communities of migrant workers throughout the province, mainly in the agricultural sector. In other parts of Canada, particularly Ontario and British Columbia, there are multiple organizations that organize with migrant workers, some of which have been doing so for decades. But in Nova Scotia, there had never before been an organization focused on this work. So as the members of No One Is Illegal began getting out to the many smaller communities where migrant farm workers live, they sussed out where they go to shop and to socialize and struck up conversations, they knew it would be a long, slow process of building trust and relationships. Most migrant farm workers come to Canada under the Seasonal Agricultural Workers Program, which for more than 50 years has brought workers from countries of the Global South to work for part of each year on Canadian farms. Advocates have long argued that the design of the program itself, and the ways in which it enshrines the precarious character of migrant workers' status in Canada, is the central factor in making workers vulnerable to heightened oppression and exploitation by employers. Workers do not get to choose their employer, and they're bound through their work permit to a single employer. They can't look for work elsewhere if they're mistreated. There is a process for workers in extenuating circumstances to temporarily get a permit that allows them to work elsewhere, but it is a cumbersome process that relies on the discretion of federal officials. In practice, no one is illegal and other groups observe that workers who speak up for their rights, who file labor standards complaints, or even who apply for workplace compensation after an injury, can sometimes be at risk of being sent back to their home country and perhaps not allowed back into the program. Workers they've talked to have faced things like wage theft and other pay irregularities, terrible conditions in employer-provided housing, 
physical violence, and blatant racism from employers and community members. Along with basic relationship building, a lot of No One Is Illegal's work so far has involved a range of mutual aid and solidarity. They meet regularly with individual migrant workers and with groups of them, and provide whatever support they can — translation, support navigating systems, help publicizing issues, and so on. They recently did a food box program, they regularly do Know Your Rights workshops, they've increasingly been collaborating with groups in the communities where migrant workers live to hold events that bring migrant workers and Nova Scotians together and that support migrant workers, and they're keen to do more of that in the future. The group is also part of larger advocacy campaigns, such as those led by the Migrant Rights Network, calling for permanent status in Canada for all migrant workers. As part of that, they're building a base in the Antigonish riding of Federal Immigration Minister Sean Fraser to put pressure on him around these issues. As well, they're engaging in advocacy on a range of issues at the provincial level. I speak with Gomez about the work of No One Is Illegal, Halifax, Jabuktuk. My name is Stacey Gomez. I am a community organizer based in Jabuktuk, Halifax, here in Nova Scotia, Mi'kmaq Territory. I have been involved in migrant justice organizing for a number of years with different organizations and communities, including with anti-deportation campaigns so that families can stay together, and now with migrant workers across the province with No One Is Legal Halifax Jabuktuk Migrant Workers Program. Our organization is a grassroots migrant justice organization that advocates for equal rights for migrants. We do a lot of work with migrant workers. Our work includes advocacy, outreach, education, and direct action. I've been politicized from a young age. My family is Guatemalan, so there's a strong history of political organizing and Indigenous rights in the country and also within my family. Then, as a young person, I started volunteering at a sexual assault center. As a survivor of sexual violence, I wanted to understand the conditions that lead for sexual violence to occur and also to be able to support other survivors of sexual violence. From there, I became involved in social movements, in university, in terms of first international solidarity and international development, and then became involved in student organizing and then anti-racist organizing as well. Prior to being here in Nova Scotia, I lived in Montreal and I was involved in a gender justice organization there, doing work in solidarity with families of missing and murdered Indigenous women, as well work around challenging sexual violence on campus. I became involved with Solidarity Across Borders in Montreal and was engaged in initiatives such as building Solidarity City in the community and anti-racist organizing. I've also been involved in solidarity with mining impacted communities in Guatemala and also globally. And my main focus is with No One Is Legal Halifax Jabuktuk. What's distinctive about Halifax in terms of the experiences of migrants and the experience of doing grassroots political work there compared to other cities within the Canadian state? I think of our organizing within the broader provincial context and also regional context where having been involved in Indigenous solidarity movements, what I've heard is here in these territories, Mi'kmaq territories, 
is where colonization first happened. And so this also means that this is the first place where healing should also begin. In addition, the oldest historic Black communities are also here in these territories as well. And so my organizing, I situate it within these broader movements, and that really informs the work that we do. And doing the work that we do with migrant workers, we do a lot of work in rural communities throughout the province. Definitely, migrants make a significant contribution to these communities and the province, and yet are highly invisibilized, yet are isolated. Yet it seems like migrant communities and migrant worker communities are sometimes like their own world apart. And so part of our work is trying to build bridges. Our work did start centering here in Halifax, and we found a very supportive community around migrant rights. A lot of the migrant justice organizing began many years ago and reinitiated with a march that happened several years ago where hundreds of people came out to express their solidarity and call for full and permanent immigration status for all migrants. In terms of the characteristics of the community here, it seems like pretty tight-knit community, different organizers and organizations. I feel particularly as someone who's racialized within the BIPOC community, there's a lot of support for each other. And definitely we see connections between the different issues that we're focusing on, like police abolition, against immigration detention, in support of migrant worker rights, and in support of refugee rights. There's just so much connections and alliance building that is possible and that we've been able to do being in this community here in Halifax. How did No One Is Illegal Halifax get started? Meaning particularly its refoundation around the time of the march you organized a few years ago. No One Is Illegal Halifax Jabotuk existed many years ago here in Halifax. Myself and at the time another community member named Tina O got together and at that time had started to do organizing around the issue of family separation in the US, making connections with what's happening here in Canada as well, and other one-off actions. We were both involved in organizing this march. We felt that there was a void here in Halifax and in Nova Scotia around migrant justice organizing. And so we decided to get together and start something up again. We decided to do it under the banner of Known as Legal, which is a global movement for migrant justice and against borders and anti-oppressive. Probably four years ago, we did a community consultation with different organizations and organizers to hear what is needed within the community. From there, we started to do outreach to volunteers, other community members. That's how we started. And there's been definitely a lot of transformation in the work that we do. I've done a lot of work with undocumented community members. And we were thinking, what is needed within this context? We also knew that there were migrant workers in the province, particularly migrant farm workers. I come from a community in Ontario where there's a lot of farms and also a lot of migrant worker community members. So I am and was familiar with some of the issues. And we saw that there wasn't any support for them, any community building that we saw with them, any solidarity with this community. And so we decided to start to build those bridges. Now we have connections with migrant worker communities throughout the province where we regularly get contacted and are hearing a lot of issues that are not heard in the mainstream media here that a lot of people are shocked to hear 
happens in our province. What did that initial work with undocumented people in Halifax itself involve? Initially, our work was a lot of education and advocacy and reaching out to community members to try to get people engaged. And we had difficulty connecting with undocumented community members. And we were thinking it's important for us to do more engagement and outreach with migrant community and for our work to actually have some kind of material benefit to migrant communities. So this is really where we decided that our focus would be in terms of solidarity with migrant worker community. In the early time of our organizing, we did a lot of work in terms of advocacy for issues like healthcare for all, because in this province, there's a lot of limitations on who can actually get access to public healthcare. There's not access for people who are undocumented, for example. You have to have a one-year work permit in order to access health care, and that systemically excludes migrant farm workers and the seasonal agricultural workers program. A lot of refugee claimants also fall through the cracks and so on. And so initially, a lot of our work was focused on educating community members around these issues to advocate, like we had a virtual banner This was during the pandemic where we weren't able to get together in person. So our organizing had to adjust to that context. And what was involved in the early work to connect and build relationships with migrant worker communities? We knew that the majority of migrant farm workers are not in Halifax. And so we knew that we had to go outside of the city in order to connect with workers So we found out where workers were and where workers shop, and we went to go meet with workers, and we went to go talk with workers. And I would say initially, there just wasn't a lot of receptiveness. Like, people obviously were nice, but there just wasn't a lot of receptiveness. And we just continued to build relationships with people and show that, like, we're in this for the long haul, and we just continued to engage people. We've reached over 3,000 workers with information and support since 2021. And what we've heard from workers is that this is really the first time that there is an organization that is here for worker rights and supporting workers. So we've been building that work ever since. We have heard a lot of comments from workers in terms of some of the racism that they experience within the communities where they live and work here in Nova Scotia. We also hear of a lot of workplace issues, including physical violence against workers. Workers will also share with us videos of what's happening in other parts of the country. So my sense is that definitely there's a lot of mutual aid within the migrant worker community, and it feels like it's kind of vast throughout the country. If we're in one part of the province, we'll hear about an issue in another part of the province. Like there's just these channels of communication within the migrant worker community that are beautiful to see. Other issues that we've heard are around pay issues, including late pay or workers not getting paid the minimum wage or concerns about housing, overcrowded housing, poor quality housing, rodents in housing. We hear about how challenging it is for workers to get access to health care here they have access to a private insurance and it may not cover prescriptions that workers need or other issues around access to healthcare. 
we've heard about sexual health concerns of workers, I feel like as our relationships continue to be built and deepen, we just continue to hear more. We hear a lot, a lot about what's happening, but still we hear from workers that's only scratching the surface. Like there's just so much that happens that we probably still haven't yet heard. How do the programs under which migrant workers come here shape their experiences and set them up for these kinds of oppressive and exploitative circumstances? One of the ways that they are able to work in Canada is through the Seasonal Agricultural Workers Program. This is based on agreements between countries, so between Canada and Mexico and between Canada and Caribbean countries. Here in Nova Scotia, most migrant farm workers are from Jamaica and Mexico, but we also meet other migrant farm workers from St. Lucia, most recently from Guatemala. So these contracts shape the work experiences of workers here. There's certain requirements within these contracts, including a requirement for private health insurance, for workers while they're here and minimum number of hours and such. But the contracts are quite minimal. And one of the major challenges that we see, workers do not get to choose their employer. They don't even get to choose what part of the country that they're going to work in. Many workers come year after year to work in the same community, but it may be something may happen, including sometimes. If a worker is seen to be speaking out for their rights, they may not be called back with the same employer again. And this impacts their ability to come back on the program. They may not be able to come back or they may be sent to another farm in another part of the country. So because of these closed work permits, this work puts workers in a situation of vulnerability. Also, because they have temporary immigration status, this is the primary reason why migrant workers are in a situation of vulnerability. So on paper, migrant workers have the same rights as Nova Scotians, as Canadians. But in practice, we see that that's not actually the case, that they have equal access to rights in this country or in this province. If a Nova Scotian has an issue in the workplace, we can make a labor standards complaint if we have a pay issue, for example, or other workplace-related issues. If we have a workplace injury, we can make a claim to workers' compensation and so on. If we have a problem in the workplace, we can leave and go to another workplace. But this is not the case for migrant workers. They only have authorization to work with one employer. So if they're in a situation of abuse, they can make an application called an open work permit for vulnerable workers. And if they're successful, then they can work somewhere else for up to a year. It's the immigration official that decides how long they would be given for this permit. So that's quite limited. In terms of pay issues, if a worker has a pay issue, many workers are fearful of making a labor standards complaint because this could impact their relationship with their employer who can decide whether to call them back or not. And we've seen many cases of workers being sent home early for reasons, for example, like standing up for their rights or speaking about their rights with coworkers. They can be sent back and then not called back on the program. They could be blacklisted. So it's really through the structure of this program, which relies on their temporary immigration status, this really puts them in a very difficult situation where it's hard to speak out for their rights. Similarly, with a workplace injury, 
if they apply for workers' compensation, there's often similar concerns around whether this is going to impact their ability to continue to work here and to come back again on the program. What kinds of supports have you been able to offer individual workers who are facing problems? And what kinds of collective support or collective organizing have you been able to do with workers? Migrant justice organizing and migrant worker organizing in this province are fairly new within these past few years. So I would say we're still building up our work with workers. Some of the mutual aid and solidarity work that we do with workers includes if a worker is in a situation of abuse or has an injury in the job or is even sick at work or has any other issue really, we will meet with them, talk to them about what are the different options that exist, and then they decide what they would like to do. We talk about what are some of the risks and benefits, and they'll decide and we support them to do that. For workers from Latin America, there are often language barriers, and so we support with that interpretation aspect. We also do workshops on migrant worker rights, and often we partner with other organizations because we also want to expand the capacity in this province for solidarity and support with migrant workers. We have done initiatives like a food box. We just delivered 360 food boxes with culturally relevant foods to Caribbean and Latin American workers since July. We also engage in other activities such as public education and advocacy around some of the systemic issues that are happening in this province. To apply for a vulnerable worker open work permit is very inaccessible to a lot of people. So we will support with this application if a worker is in a situation of abuse. We have supported in workplaces throughout the province. Sometimes it's a few workers. Sometimes it's over 10 workers who are in a bad situation and seeking support. And so we'll meet with them, sometimes collectively within a group that they know and trust about what they would like to do collectively. Some of this work is public. Much of the work is not public because workers have decided how they want it to be. Sometimes it's workers who have questions about their rights, and then they are organizing and speaking with each other about what they would like to do, and we support them in that. Sometimes it's workers want to meet with us collectively. We've had situations where a group of workers is like, we just want you to be on high alert in case something happens, and so that we're ready to take action in solidarity with them. What scope have you had to collaborate with other organizations in doing this work? In the work that we do, because it spans across the province, we have partnerships in different areas in the province. So recently, we collaborated with an organization in the Annapolis Valley called the Valley Community Learning Association to host a community brunch for migrant workers. The aim of this event was really to be a community building event to say thank you to migrant workers and to build bridges with Nova Scotians. And many workers told us, we've been coming here for many years, and this is the first time that such an event has happened. And yet, this is so basic. The possibility to have spaces where migrant workers can meet and speak with Nova Scotians and feel appreciated and have food prepared for them seems so basic. One of our objectives in doing these kinds of activities, like we've heard from workers before about the isolation they experience, about racism that they experience. And so we've done similar events. We had an event also in Truro, and we heard from a former migrant worker who spoke about her experiences, including of poor treatment within the healthcare system there. 
of racism that she's experienced in stores there. And we know that communities, including African Nova Scotians, are also experiencing similar things. And so in that event, we partnered with different organizations and had great attendance. Yeah, we want to expand capacity for support and solidarity with migrant workers throughout the province because currently that isn't happening. It's been awesome to work with these different organizations and people who are justice-seeking And I will say we are engaging unions and that work is ongoing and other organizations as well. What kinds of advocacy work do you do focused on the federal and provincial levels? We're a member of the Migrant Rights Network, which is Canada's largest coalition of migrant-led organizations. The Call for Full and Permanent Immigration Status is part of much of the work that we do. When we talk about the vulnerabilities faced by migrant workers, we know that the quickest and most comprehensive solution to that is full and permanent immigration status for all, because it's the temporary immigration status of migrant workers that is the cause of this vulnerability. So this past weekend, we were in Antigonish engaging community members in the riding of the immigration minister, Sean Fraser. We're organizing a teach-in on migrant worker rights in Antigonish. We want to strengthen migrant justice organizing and build partnerships in Antigonish as part of the writing of the immigration minister. We had a community art project that over 40 volunteers and community members contributed to painting that consists of group portraits of migrant communities in Nova Scotia, including migrant workers, migrant students, refugees, and undocumented community members. And our aim in doing this community art project was to highlight the joy, the dignity, and the agency of migrants in our communities and just how important their contributions are. And our aim was to highlight the call for full and permanent immigration status for all. And we tried to make it an accessible way for community members to engage and learn more around these issues. And last year, we put a survey out to our migrant worker members and we asked, what are the key issues that you would like to see changed provincially? And this was in lead up to the provincial election. We had over 100 workers reply. Some of the demands were increasing the minimum wage to a living wage. 10 paid sick days. Currently in the province, we have three unpaid sick days. Access to public health care, because as I mentioned, seasonal agricultural workers are systematically excluded from that. And also a lot of workers are concerned because they don't get paid statutory holidays. Agricultural workers, there's an exclusion in the labor code here, so that they don't get access to stat pay. In addition, workers spoke about the importance of access to permanent residents. So this is both a provincial and federal matter because there are also provincial immigration programs. And we see that there's a lot of barriers for migrant workers to be able to apply and get access to permanent residence in that way. So these are some of the demands that are being made by migrant workers throughout the province and country. You have been listening to my interview with Stacy Gomez of No One Is Illegal, Halifax, Djibouti. To learn more about the group, go to MigrantJusticeNS.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to TalkingRadical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.
On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. 